Hey, I'm Nicole, a digital marketing services expert for entrepreneurs and your host of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On this show, we are going to be pulling back the curtain on how to create the lifestyle of your dreams. I created my dream lifestyle through working online, creating a business that lights me up every single day, traveling the globe, and generating wealth. On this show, we will deep dive into all of these topics and so much more. I have created my own online business from literally zero after discovering my passion for online business and my non-complacency for working for somebody else in a nine to five job. On this podcast, I will be sharing everything I have learned and everything I'm still learning because how I got to where I am today should not be kept a secret. It's your time to love your work, build your wealth, and create the lifestyle of your dreams. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of Work, Wealth, and Travel. So today's episode is going to be really interesting. It's going to be a really interesting story for fellow entrepreneurs and travelers alike to hear. Today on the podcast, I have one of a former entrepreneur from China, from my time in Shenzhen, China. He has also been there and lived there. We're going to chat about his life, how he got to where he is today, and everything in between. So, Eddie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Nicole. It's my pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So let's get started by you telling us a little bit more about who you are, where did you come from, and then perhaps going into why you chose to move to China. Okay. So, Nicole, it's been, it's been a long time. Um, first, I, I am from Mexico, Morelia, Michoacán. It's the city, and it's central Mexico. I, I was studying high school at that time I was 18 years old and I didn't have, I didn't know what exactly to, to study. I was thinking to study maybe economy. I was thinking to, to, to do something, but it was at that time I had one of my teachers who I admire her a lot. She was traveling to different countries like Brazil, to the US. And I was thinking like, wow, this is such a life that I want to live. Um, I really admire her and and she she inspired me to to travel. That was that was the first thing. Hmm, interesting. So, how did you end up going from Mexico to China? Okay, so um it's a long story, <laughs> but it's basically um when I was maybe 14, 15, I was doing homework for other kids because at that time we, we don't come from a wealthy family, like a lot of money, but um, I went to a good, good college and I went to good uh, high school. And at that time I was really fast at doing, uh, doing um, homework, just like typing on the computer and all of that. So at that time I was earning some money. My mom, she always taught us how to, to earn money, save money. And when I had the, the, the chance to go to China, um, well, I took it. How did I find the program? Um, a, lot of, a lot of plans, it was to spend money to go to France, to go to England, to go to America. But it was, um, I found this program, which it was to go to China. 
and it was instead of me paying they would pay me like a uh, like a kind of like a salary which she was taking care of a kid who who was at that time only three years old and it was to teach him english <laughs> and some spanish imagine at that time i was like i i couldn't speak any english and i was i was just like <laughs> frustrated for for non couldn't speak english and, and all of that hmm interesting story so that's how you got to china so once you were in china and i mean that takes a lot of courage especially what age did you move from mexico to china 18 18 years old no, yeah 18. so at 18 that takes a lot of courage to move across the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> nicole you know like it it was not that I was too brave. It was just like I couldn't measure how how danger like dangerous. I I couldn't measure anything. Like my family, they were worried. What about the if, if the profile of the family is fake? What are, we cannot do anything to protect you. Um, a lot of things. I I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do this again. I wouldn't do go through the same things because <laughs> I was just like too young and I didn't measure the the danger. Hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, I feel like that's almost a blessing in disguise, like a good thing and a bad thing, because of course there's negatives you don't know, like your family said, you know, if it's even a real profile mm -hmm. of the family in China. But at the same time, you probably wouldn't be sitting here if you had waited a few extra years to do that. Right, right. It was, <laughs> everything was perfect. I, I was lucky because, okay, at that time, it was like um, this program in French, it's au pair, which means like babysitter. And it was like people from all over the world, they had to come to China and, and take care of a kid. And we were, we had an agency and where we had to learn Chinese. And also we, twice per week, we had that service of learning Chinese, but also like we were teaching to the kids English and, and your language, your local language, which mine is Spanish as well. Hmm, interesting. So once you got to China, being 18 years old and in a completely foreign country, not speaking the language, not even speaking English, yeah. um, where did you go from there and what did your time in China look like? Yeah, I do remember my, my last day in Mexico, my, my dad even brought me to the airport and, she, and he gave me $20, only 20 USD. And we were talking about it the, the other day. Um, it was like, wow, I cannot believe what is happening was too fast. I arrived to, to Shenzhen. It's the city next to Hong Kong. And there, even the family, even the agency, they, <laughs> they let me, well, they didn't pick me up because it was too late. So they, they picked me up the next day in the morning. So at that time, I didn't care. I, I was like, yeah, I don't care if you pick me up the next day. I am so happy to be in China. Everything looked so new. Um, it was such an experience. And well, at that time, I was just wondering to, to learn Chinese Mandarin. Hmm. So you, how long did you end up working for that family for? And then what did the rest of your time in China look like? Did you continue to au pair? Okay, so the contract it was, it's supposed to be for one year. If I wanted them to pay me, to pay my flight back to Mexico, I had to finish my program, which it was a year. And after the third month, I quit. <laughs> Why? 
it was at that time I was only 18, right? So um, I was I only had three days. It was only on Monday, and I was thinking like, wow, there's a like Shenzhen. It's 10 million people. Like people are partying. People are outside. People, and I was taking care of a kid. The kid was amazing. It was great, and all of that. But the family was not bad, and but it was not my dream at that time. I was just thinking like, really, my parents wanted me to 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 go to the university and instead of that I'm just here like at the beginning the first month the second month it was fine but the third month it was like I cannot do this for the rest of my life mm-hmm. at that time I I I was thinking maybe China is the right place for me to stay I didn't want to go back to Mexico but at that time I didn't have my visa I didn't have money so I believe it, it was the first time that I I felt like wow you have to to pray you have to believe in God. One day I quit, and I didn't have visa. I didn't have all of that, and it was a miracle that I found someone who was speaking Spanish in the metro the same day, and she told me you can stay with with my husband and me. Um, you can. We are gonna help you to find a job. So I was doing part-time jobs. I, I, in order also to get my visa, I, I signed up to the university to learn Chinese Mandarin properly. Hmm, interesting. So before we go any further, we are going to take a quick break from Eddie's story to shout out our sponsors for this episode, which is True Earth. True Earth is a Canadian-based company, which I love, who has a wide range of eco-friendly products and they fit perfectly into my life specifically because they are eco-friendly and perfect for traveling. I have tried out various of their products and they are all really high quality. It makes me feel so good that I am doing good for the environment when I purchase their products and bring them around the globe with me. So be sure to check out True Earth Movement on Instagram and get all of your eco-friendly products for traveling or for your home right there on the Instagram. Thank you so much, True Earth, and back to the episode. So, Eddie, you were telling us that you signed up for a Mandarin class just to get your visa which is funny. Um, So why don't you tell us kind of how that went and then what unfolded from there? Okay, so for me, I was interested in what what other place better than China to learn Mandarin. Um, I was thinking like I could learn on the street, I could learn with locals, I could go. I like to do all of that. But yeah, uh, in order to get my visa, I, I did that. So at some point I was, I was making... Um, I was um, learning Mandarin in the morning and then some some time I had classes in the afternoon to teach Spanish to do to teach English sometimes to just to to <laughs> to keep to my life there. Money. Yeah, yeah to make some money in China yeah yeah so how long were you studying Chinese for and then is that all that you did in China okay so in um, no 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 can you repeat the question 
Yeah. So how long were you studying Chinese for? And then what happened after that chapter at the university? Okay. In Mandarin, you have the age escape. It's the, the, the way to, to measure how good is your Chinese and all of that. Um, I was learning from HSK 1 to HSK 5. I didn't finish my HSK 5 because I found an opportunity to open my first business in China, which was a um, language center. We were, we were two Chinese and, and me, and we were partners, and then we opened up a big training center at that time. Wow. So were you nervous to start a training center if you didn't have any experience, or what did that look like as your first entrepreneurial venture? Wow. <laughs> a good question. That's a great question. Yeah, like, it was the first time that I opened something by, like, something that it was mine, something that it was my, my business. It was like I didn't learn like going to school and, and nobody teaches you to be an entrepreneur. I think like you just have to to start with what you have and then in the way you are going to learn more. But it's like you are not perfect. And then if you if you want to to be perfect, you're never going to start your business. Mm -hmm. So would you say that was the biggest lesson that you learned from that first entrepreneurial venture? Uh, I will say the biggest lesson from there is to to work as a team with your staff as well. I try to be the boss instead of being a leader. I try to to just give orders, but I didn't listen to the others to the, to the other teachers. I did I did a lot of mistakes, but I will say that I'm glad that I made those mistakes because after that it helped me to open my next business. And so, what was your next business? It's about restaurants, restaurant, Mexican restaurants in China. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> the school, it was something that it, it makes good money. I will say training centers, language center, teaching English, teaching Spanish in China is great. But it's not something that I love. Mm -hmm. I don't like, like, that's not my passion. My passion it was always to, to, to cook, to, to represent Mexico which it was like tacos, <laughs> which it was the, the restaurant. It was about like Chinese coming to the restaurant and they, they were listening to Spanish music to, to try an authentic Mexican food. That's mm. what it made me happy. So did you start the restaurant because you kind of wanted a piece of Mexico in China? Yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to feel like home. I was thinking like, yeah, China, it's it's great. It's also my second house, but but um, Mexico, it's it's the place that I was born. I I I was just feeling like I need to bring a piece of Mexico to China. I need to to, and I also had big dreams to expand to make um, a franchise. I was thinking to to do a, a, a lot of a lot of business in China at that time. Hmm. Okay, so now what does that Mexican restaurant look like? Um, how did you, did you grow it? If so, how, how did that whole chapter unfold for you with the Mexican restaurant? Um, so yeah, we started the restaurant four years ago, almost four years ago I started. Mm, it was such an adventure because 
at the beginning I was thinking like Chinese they would like the way that I cook they would like the way that we we eat in Mexico and it was a completely different story we had to adapt to them instead of doing let's say pork carnitas we we ended up doing duck carnitas which is, is a Mexican Mexican dish so we had to adapt we had to do all our dishes adapted to to Chinese and at some point I was thinking like really um, maybe it's not the way that they like to eat that we like to serve food and all of that but it's like if they like it if 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 it's if they like this way why not to adapt to them like let's say Chinese when they go to Mexico and open a restaurant they don't do it like what what they like to eat they adapt adapt to to Mexican flavor we did the same there Hmm. It's interesting because I know anytime you go to McDonald's anywhere in the world, the menu looks different from your home country because McDonald's has to adapt their menu to the culture and the local food there. So it's interesting that you found you had to do the exact same thing in China. Right. And well, also, also at the beginning, um, I didn't have any experience about managing a restaurant. I didn't know how to do it. But also I was thinking like, this is not impossible. This is like, why not? Um, at that time I was thinking like, nobody gives me the opportunity to, to open a restaurant and stuff like that. Why not to start asking friends, asking other restaurants if they let me to be in their, in their restaurant to, to just work for them for free. I didn't know how to do, um, manage the restaurant. So I asked them, can I work in your restaurant for free? Can I... Can I be the waiter? Can I see how do you cook? Can I do this? And it, it, it was the way that I learned how to do it. Um, I will say you have to adapt fast. <laughs> Otherwise, is you won't, you won't succeed. That's what I think. Hmm. So, yeah, on that note, what would be one or two of your biggest pieces of advice to somebody who wants to start a restaurant, especially maybe a restaurant in a country that is not their home country? I will say first of all don't quit do not give up if you really <laughs> if you really have that dream of, of doing it don't give up because maybe it's not your language or maybe it's because it's not the rules that you you used to to know or maybe it's not the customers that you that you like would like to serve but it's don't give up and try to adapt and second well what could be the second? Um, could be keep being persistent, be um, do it every day. Every day, try to to see your books. Every day, every day, try to to see if, if they don't like it. You need to adapt fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. If they don't like it, you need to really adapt fast and know what you're doing. How did you know what you were doing when you started? When you had never been in the restaurant industry before. I had a lot of help. Um, at some point, if you don't know how to do things, it's better to just to to don't be proud to don't <laughs> and, and try to ask to others who who might might have the experience that you need. At that time, there was an American person who who had who owned another uh, pizza um, place to eat pizza, right? And he he was retired. 
and he told me if you want to open you need to do this 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 so the way that i did it, it was just to invite him for lunch to invite him whatever cigarettes or whatever he wanted he just wanted to to talk to someone at that time i will say just need if you need help try to find someone don't don't try to find against <laughs> everything by yourself. Yeah, don't try to do it on your own. There's other people who have the knowledge who you can befriend or pay or whatever it looks like to get that knowledge instead of just staying stuck. Uh, okay, so how, and I know, you know, maybe Mariachi, your restaurant was a few years back or a few months back so what are you doing now and how does your life look different um okay so we had the op i had the opportunity to to hire a mexican person a mexican manager there and basically what we are doing is is we are uh, having communication with him he's running the restaurant and I'm traveling the world. My after COVID in, in China, it changed a lot, and it was not how it supposed to be before. It was so different, and it was foreigner friendly, friendly <laughs> And now I think like it's it, with the lockdowns in China and, and all of that. I I felt it was the right time to to go out of China and travel the world. Wow, so that's interesting that so you have built essentially passive income that now somebody else can manage your restaurant for you while you travel. It took it took us a lot of a lot of effort. Um, we failed many times. We let's at the beginning we had only one restaurant. We opened the second one, but the second one failed because we were not prepared. We didn't have good systems. We didn't have good recipes. They copied our recipes they also we had a lot of problems there we had to go back to the first restaurant do the be better the thing better list better everything and then we can reopen the second one hmm. that was that's what we did interesting what an interesting story so now you are traveling the world still having ties to china but also having the freedom to do whatever it is that you want to do right sometimes i i have calls with um, back to china and and to see how is everything there but my my new my new business is to to travel uh, around the world and tell people how can they open their own restaurant so tell us a little bit more about that. What's the name of it? Why did you start it? And what does it look like traveling the world and operating an <laughs> online business? So it started when I was in China. Even when I was there, a lot of people, not even from Mexico, a lot of uh, Serbians, a lot of Russians, a lot of um, all over the world, they were asking me, hey, how did you do it? Do you have a Chinese partner in your restaurant? And I was telling them no i don't have a chinese party in the restaurant i did it by myself how can you do it is like uh, i also want to open an indian restaurant but i don't have an idea how to do it so it, it, at that time i was just giving help for free to my to my to my friends and people who they wanted to open their own stuff but um after all i was thinking why not to do a business out of it there's a lot of people who would like to open something, some restaurant, maybe some business abroad, but they don't have an idea what do they need. 
in, in order to open it. Mm. So, and then I I was posting in my in my social media, Facebook, Instagram about like me being in China, and a lot of my the, the people who I know in back in Mexico they were interested to to know the story. So now, um, more and more it's growing about about people who who come to me and and want my help what i do right now exactly what i do now is to tell people how to open a, a restaurant step by step mm, step by step not only the restaurant but i know any kind of business that it's physical business step by step how to do it maybe the rules maybe in china it's not the same than korea or vietnam but it's all of them they need the the basics, which is rent, which is salary, which is employees, which is ingredients, all of that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Wow, what a life you have built for yourself now doing online consulting, which you can now do anywhere in the world using your experience from China. That is really such a great story. So if you could kind of sum up your whole life story thus far, what would you say so far is the moral of your life story? Uh, I will come back to this about do not give up. Sometimes it doesn't look, the things don't look good. Sometimes you are, you could struggle like the day that I didn't have my visa, my, my money, salary, all of that. And I, and I didn't give up. Um, yeah, maybe let's say it was a miracle to find all, um, friends who helped me also, um, later on also I had problems with the restaurant, uh, also with the school, but if, if you don't give up, I think like somehow if you, if it's your dream, just, just keep going, it will be better. Yeah, if it's your dream, you'll figure out a way to make it happen, I believe, at least. So thank you for sharing your whole life story with us and all of the experience and knowledge that you have gained. So where can people find you and your consulting business online? Uh, so the name of, of my consulting is, is The Art of the Nomad. The Art of the Nomad. Um, also, you can find it in Spanish, El Arte del Nomada. Okay, awesome. So you do consulting in two, I guess, maybe three languages, <laughs> which is really cool. So the links will be dropped down below if you want to check out his Instagram, Facebook, any of his socials there. See about his travels, his life abroad, and Eddie's consulting business. So Eddie, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, sharing all that you have learned in your life, your time in China through multiple business ventures. I really appreciate your time here and we will chat again soon. Thank you very much, Nicole. So that has been another episode of the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I hope that you got a lot out of Eddie's story. I know that there's a lot of really important messages within his story. So I hope that you could pick out a few that were specifically applicable to you and apply them in your life to create your dream life, whatever that may look like. And like he said, to always remember, don't give up. If you really do want it bad enough, you will make it happen. Thanks so much for joining me here this week, and we will see you back again on the podcast next week.